and we reference the products we use today. But those are like products that are perhaps 10, 15, 20 years into their journey. Very few of them truly today start as global proposition. This quote by Daniel Eck is totally on point for a key lesson of greatness. Starting at the right place and in the right niche has a huge impact on ultimate success. Let's talk about why. Welcome to Starting Greatness, a podcast dedicated to ambitious founders who want to go from nothing to awesome super fast. When you're a startup founder, you have to channel your inner James Bond, your MacGyver, your Wonder Woman. I'm going to help you win by curating the lessons of the super performers, but before they were successful. So without further ado, ignition sequence start. Let's get started. past episodes, we've emphasized the crucial aspect of securing a niche before broadening your horizon. A conversation with Jeffrey Moore and subsequent insights into greatness touched on particular elements of this strategy. We spoke about the need to focus on people desperate for our advantage and offer them an immediate tangible solution, a solution that forces a choice and not a comparison. The importance of an urgent call to action, as well as the benefit of identifying specific targeted customers. If you wish to delve further into tactics for winning in a niche, you might want to revisit that discussion. Turning to Daniel Eck and Spotify, his achievements further amplify the advantages of mastering a niche at the outset as a stepping stone towards broader success. As founders were naturally drawn to the allure of a vast market, yet it's a tricky situation. More often than not, the mainstream market isn't primed for an innovative startup's offering. The route to victory starts with conquering a niche, then expanding to the wider market over time. During our discussion, Daniel pulled together some critical components of this concept, sharpening our view of how it's done. Firstly, he illustrates the concept of identifying an initial stronghold, a beachhead where you can achieve total dominance. For Spotify, launching in the United States, the world's largest market, would have been unrealistic. Record companies would have never conceded to a fledgling company streaming their entire music catalogs, it would have been a dead end, a non-starter. Instead, the strategy for establishing initial dominance lies in finding a niche where you can create an unfair advantage, tilted in your favor, and where the path to success is firmly in your grasp. Daniel found a playing field in Sweden where he could skew the chances to his favor. Having grown up immersed in music and being a native Swede, the selection of Sweden as the initial beachhead aligns seamlessly with his authenticity within the local music scene. Additionally, the record labels were floundering in Sweden, a market too small for them and on the decline, and a market rife with piracy, the Pirate Bay operating in close proximity. Sweden's modest size allowed Daniel to assure the music labels a year's revenue up front, an offer that would have been inconceivable if launched in a larger initial market. By making these choices, Daniel orchestrated a situation where record companies had zero downside in allowing him to stream the bulk of their songs. It's clear that each of these elements played off of each other in enhancing Daniel's capacity to command his own fate. After demonstrating success in Sweden with tangible outcomes, he then moved from one place to the next, ultimately achieving global success. Which relates to the second factor of nailing a niche. You want to deliver a Delta IV experience. I was first introduced to the concept of Delta IV by Kunal Shah, a seasoned entrepreneur from India. 
Delta IV encapsulates the dramatic disparity necessary for a startup product to truly take off. On a scale of 1 to 10, your product needs to surpass the existing alternative by at least 4 out of 10 to have a genuine shot at achieving strong product market fit. Take Lyft, for instance, a company we had the privilege of backing in its early days. They launched their ride-sharing service in San Francisco, a city where taxi service was truly awful. It was a struggle to even hail a taxi, let alone have one arrive at any time or with any predictability. And on top of that, if you chose to get around in your own car, parking was a nightmare, not to mention crazy expensive. Thus, Lyft had a chance of delivering a Delta IV experience in San Francisco. If the quality of a taxi sat at a meager 2 or 3 out of 10, Lyft could achieve success by delivering a 6 or 7 out of 10 experience. As it turned out, Lyft exceeded this. Once people sampled the service, it became their new norm. Taxis fell out of consideration. Imagine if Lyft had chosen New York City as their initial beachhead. The outcome might have been very different. Taxis are already pretty good in New York City. Merely being better isn't sufficient. Your service must be so drastically superior that the question of how does this compare to taxis is now off the table. Your product must force a choice and not a comparison. Once customers understand what you offer, they must be unable to unsee it, leaving no desire to revert to the old ways. In the case of Spotify, Daniel X's selection of Sweden as the launching point allowed him to construct a Delta IV experience within that niche. Sweden, being an early embracer of broadband infrastructure, was primed for high-quality streaming for most of its residents. Furthermore, by striking deals with record labels to stream their rich catalogs within Sweden, Spotify was able to offer almost any song imaginable to Swedish listeners. This revolutionary nature of Spotify was immediately evident during social gatherings, where listeners were introduced to its radical difference. Daniel's account of this in his own words is worth revisiting. We realized early on, like the number one virality moment where people would understand what Spotify was, was at a party. And the party trick I did was I'd ask them any song in the world, any song at all. And I would walk in, I would search for it, and I would play it in two seconds. And that was like magic. That just didn't exist on the internet. You need to deliver an experience that seems like magic, that achieves the threshold of Delta Four better. Often we become entangled in the details of what we're building, losing sight of the radical impact we need to accomplish for our early adopters. You might find yourselves questioning at this point, what if the niche I conquer doesn't extend to a broader market? Indeed, the ideal niche is one that has the potential for expansion, for progression into numerous adjacent niches down the line. No one aspires to be king of Dinkyland. But far more founders make the mistake of having a vague advantage that targets a loosely defined set of people who don't understand exactly why they should be desperate for what you've built. We must not lose sight of the fact that Spotify had to conquer Sweden before its global takeover. Uber and Lyft had to secure their foothold in San Francisco before they expanded to provide billions of rides worldwide. Even Facebook, the most giant of platforms, started by ruling individual college campuses methodically, one after the other, on their own terms. Whenever they established their presence in a new campus, they precisely manipulated the factors under their control to ensure they seized the university's collective consciousness, usually within a matter of days. Mastering a niche means refusing to enter a fair fight. The scales must always be tipped in your favor, or they will be tipped against you. There is no middle ground. 
Zooming out, it becomes evident that securing the right initial niche forms the backbone of a disciplined strategy to attain product market fit. You architect the circumstances to guarantee overwhelming product superiority for a carefully chosen group of people, those most likely to be in desperate need of precisely what you have to offer. This is how powerful movements are ignited. So the thought I will leave you with is, what are you doing to guarantee an unfair fight to your advantage? What niche can you nail? Thanks for listening to the Starting Greatness podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're new to the show, I hope you listen to our past interviews with legendary founders like Reed Hoffman, Mark Andreessen, the Instagram founders, and Keith Raboy. I'd love to have you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, I'd be grateful if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter at M2JR and subscribe to our newsletter for exclusive content and events at greatness.substack.com. Until we catch up again, I hope you'll never let go of your inner power to do great things in whatever matters to you. Thank you for listening.